Welcome to Level Up. I'm Sherelle. And I'm Danny. And this is the podcast where we talk about health, fitness, and mindset. Today, we are calling out the BS in the fitness industry. <laughs> now, whose idea was this episode? <laughs> have a guess. Have a guess. <laughs> no, we will keep it um, pretty PG and clean for today. But we really did want to just be able to have a conversation about some of the things that we see in the fitness industry because we've been in the industry for a while now. I mean, how long have you been working in the fitness industry for now? Over 10 years, well before social media. Yeah, yeah. And even prior to that, right, like we've been consuming content, like actively, I guess, pursuing stuff in health, fitness, well-being, nutrition. And yeah, boy, have we come across some stuff. And I think as well, like, even as a client, right, or just someone that getting into fitness, that was one level. But now as a coach, right, especially like when you're more educated, you just can't unsee half of the stuff that you see now. And yeah, it's just like cringe moments. But moreover, we really just wanted to be able to talk about some of the things that we see and bring some light to them because there's still so much BS that goes out on the internet that's sold and it's just, it's not correct. You know what I mean? And, and so many people are just taking advantage for. So that's really the intention for today is just to be able to like break through some myths and just enlighten you guys of just some things that you should be mindful of. It's definitely our duty of care. As mm. you said, we started as consumers, but now, you know, we are coaches. Yeah. It's our role to guide other people through this. Um, we've gone through our mistakes. We've we've learned so much along the way. So it's definitely our duty of care yeah. to shine the light on some of the areas that just aren't authentic. And, you know, people are trying to survive and make money. We yeah. know that, but it's important to do that through integrity and values and yeah there's a lot out there that just sort of goes against our values and mm. that's why we're here on this platform just to say guys be smart this is what you should look for this is what you shouldn't mm, yeah and in all seriousness as well like even though we're probably going to have a laugh today because there's just some things that I just want to like smack my head against a brick wall <laughs> and be like are we still here in 2023 there's still those things but then there's like you said Danny there's just people out there that are just lying and manipulating and just doing things just literally to make money and you know health and fitness and mental health like th these are important things like these are important areas of your life that you need to be going into and investing your hard-earned money and time and energy into areas that you believe in that you know uh have the right intention with people that have the right intention and unfortunately the fitness industry is just so unregulated that there's just so many people in there that have gotten a cert three out of a cereal box and can now just coach people, which, you know, is fine. And that's a point we're going to get to, but it's just important as a consumer to be able to make an educated decision based on what you know is like morally, ethically, scientifically correct. Yeah. And I think it's important to realize if it looks too good to be true, it is. Mm. And that comes to yeah. our first point, quick fix challenges. Yep. Um, as a society, we want everything straight away, whether it be online dating, you know, you can find a partner straight away or you can do yeah. online shopping or you go to the fridge and get food. Like we don't really have to try hard anymore to get what we want. Mm. Netflix, we can watch any movie that we want. So people are used to having things really quickly and they sort of put their body composition and their fitness and health goals into that same category. Yeah. But it just, it sells, but it doesn't work. Mm, absolutely. Anything that's quick sells. Honestly, we're so impatient as humans. We want something that's quick. And then when people sell, you know, 30 days to 30, you know, minute six pack, whatever it might be, people are very easily 
persuaded. But for you, I'm curious, like, have you ever done challenges or anything like that in your early days? Um, just one. And we did, we have spoken about <laughs> this before, but the old, there was a company, like a supplement did company. Did we do the same we one? Did the we same did the same one. one. Those, those protein bars got us good. Oh, I st- I've actually still got some in my bag. They're so <laughs> They do taste good, yeah. They're still my favourite. Except half a bar was one of the snacks. It wasn't a full bar. Do you remember that? The oh, meal plan? yeah. Yeah, so anyway, getting to what we're talking about with half a bar. So <laughs> you'd print off your little A4, yep. stick it on the fridge. It would tell you the calories. Did it even tell you the workout? I can't remember. Yeah, there was a workout plan with it. Yeah, there was a workout plan with it. So that's the first thing that I tried. It didn't mm. last long mm. because it just was not realistic and it was very low calorie and there was a lot of exercise involved and yep. I just tried it for a little bit and that's about it, to be honest. Yep. Yeah, I can't believe we did the same one. So I mean, it was popular and it there was wasn't popular much to then. choose from, remember? Nah, nah. So even when we were first getting into fitness, would have that been, oh, maybe not 10 years ago, that one specifically? Or maybe... 2016 or 2015, yeah. oh, just before oh, competing, yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, back then, right, it's back then. It's not even that long ago, really. Like, back <laughs> then, challenges were really just starting. Like, they were just starting to gain popularity. And obviously, as humans, we love start and finish dates. We love timelines. We love yep. challenges. We love goals. We love structure. So, that's why it's taken off. And, yeah, Danny and I actually did the same initial challenge. We won't <laughs> shout out the company because, you know... <laughs> <laughs> Screw them. Um, but, yeah, we started out with the same challenge. And I guess challenges were very, I don't know, it was different back then, whereas now they've evolved and I think people have realised the money that can be made in challenges because of those reasons and how, you know, psychology works and how human works and how it's easy to put thousands of people through a challenge and just take the five people that get an epic result and use them as marketing for everything else. Mm. That's pretty mainstream now. But, yes, we started with that and traditional quick fix challenges, they're usually – they used to be 12 weeks – but what a world we live in now where people can't commit for 12 weeks and everything's eight weeks. Eight weeks. Honestly, yeah. even six weeks. I actually saw 30-day challenges like popping up everywhere recently. So God. they just get shorter and shorter. And that's just because <laughs> people <laughs> can't commit. And that's the bigger problem. It's like that's actually the problem. You can't stick with something for long enough to even get a sustainable result because anything that's gained quickly is also lost quickly. And I've definitely learnt that through lots of yo-yo dieting, trial and error and actually being like, oh, you know what, there is no quick fix. The thing is with those eight-week challenges or even 30 days that you mentioned, like they try to cram a complete life overhaul in 30 days. I would love if every 30 days you just add one new habit. Mm. It's not sexy though. It's not sexy but, you know, that's that's the reality actually. Every 30 days we try... To change one thing about your life and that's actually how it works. But, again, it's not sexy. It doesn't sell. People Mm. are impatient and then it's just they fall for marketing and and labelling of foods and befores and afters. And the only good thing I think about those even like F45 challenges and all that is the community aspect. Yes, I do like it. I do like that because it gives people a chance to Mm. find like-minded individuals. But, I mean, you don't have to put yourself through hectic Mm. dieting, crazy workouts and all these things that you won't do after the challenge in order to meet people. Mm. There's so many other resources out there. Yeah, I completely agree. And look, there is a big percentage of the population and arguably most people when they first start their fitness journey where they need external accountability and they need like a community around them to go through a similar process to all be on the same 
journey and, you know, hold each other accountable in that space too and have that network. We had that. Like I think a lot of people need that and the problem really isn't with all of the challenges because there's some incredible fitness programs out there and coaching programs and, you know, community circles and even like you said, I love group fitness for elements of that. I think it's really good at uniting a community because that's one of the best things that we can use for accountability is to feel like we belong mm. and a part of something because we'll stick to the habit. So, yes, there's elements that are fantastic but – I feel like a lot of people aren't going into it for that. They, they go into it for the wrong reasons and they're going into it for the quick fixes. And I feel like even if I knew that that was one of the main benefits from a challenge, I would have approached it differently and I probably wouldn't have like, I don't know, like gone so hard at the wrong things, if that makes sense. Like would, would have tried to be maybe more involved in the community or set some different goals or just have a different lens on why I'm actually doing something extreme. Yeah, but you don't know what you don't know, no. right? And the consumer, the everyone's definitely getting more aware in our yeah. circle anyway. I mean, you still got people outside of the fitness industry mm. who have no idea, yep. and it is a big epidemic out there of a lack of, um, you know, healthcare IQ. But the people who are in the industry and utilize all these resources definitely are noticing more the scams the mm. the marketing um false you know results it's not actually correct those results probably happened over a year not yep. 30 days yes things like that but people will still always try to sell to desperation yeah i remember walking around the streets and someone had a flyer up like near my house it was just after lockdown there was a flyer saying lose between two and 30 kilos quick. Yeah. That's what it said. Two and 30 <laughs> kilos quick um, post-COVID. Like, and, it, oh. and, and people, you know how they have those little tabs oh, down the bottom yeah. that you pull off? They Old were school. all gone. Oh, yeah. And I just felt like writing on the sign like, WTF, mate. Like, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Take your business card. Seriously. Like, yeah, yeah. It's so true. That's very old school. But, like, obviously people still fall for that. All the tabs were gone. Wow. With the phone number. God, imagine putting your phone number on a flyer these days. It'd be marketing scam galore. <laughs> I get enough text messages. <laughs> um, yeah. Look, like I said, the, the challenges is not the issue because there's some great challenges out there. It's just, like, understanding what you're actually getting into because, yeah, yeah it's, it's not the challenge we have the problem with. It's the mentality around the people going into that challenges and what they actually expect from something that's a quick fix, short term um, and arguably not sustainable. I mean, like F45, I believe, was called out pretty bad for the meal plans that they were giving out, especially to women, because it was like 1,300 calories. And then, you know, the more group classes you go to, the more points you get. And it's just arguing that like move more eat less mentality which expires like you can't move more and eat less forever what happens we got there right we're like damn I'm moving a hell of a lot and I'm eating pretty much nothing and I'm exhausted yeah. um and I'm losing muscle and I feel like crap you know and that's that's usually when people get to that point they're like this isn't working and I need something different right and that's usually when people are investing in coaching and going in different directions um and I think everyone get like needs to get to that point at some stage otherwise you just end up burning yourself out Exactly, and all those things keep the healthcare professionals busy, don't they? With all they really oh, it's do. Sad, but yeah, um, that's definitely a learning curve that people go through. But the resources here now should be stopping people going to that learning curve. Like, yeah, don't go through it if yeah. you don't have to. Yeah, don't maybe. be silly. Maybe, but that's the first one. Is like I guess the scammy nature around how people sell. I guess, physical transformations and challenges and, 
you know, I, like I said, I'm on the fence. Like I love what it's about and I think like community and, and learning and going through a process in a group has so many incredible benefits. And even we had that going through comp preps together, right? It's the same sort of thing. It's a challenge. It's got an end date. It's pretty extreme. Um, you've all got your own individual process and that's a little bit different. Everyone's on their own journey. But it's I love the start and the finish dates of things. I think that that's great for people just to anchor in and have goals. But, yeah, it's more about the extremes, the, the shredded six packs and the false promises that a lot of people make around them. Absolutely. And speaking of false promises and body compositions, AI and photo <gasps> editing now. Mm. So moving on to our next point in a sense, like nothing is real anymore. I know. Online. It's so hard to know what's real. And I know that we've been <laughs> back and forth in the DMs, even looking at um, the amount of people that are just editing and altering their physique. Like, it's just wild because gone are the days where like a little bit of saturation and sharpening is as bad as it gets. <laughs> like you were called out. It was like there's contrast in that. How dare you? And now it's like, mate, that's, that's child's nothing. play. That's mm. that, like a little bit of contrast. Like, I come still on. use a bit of contrast. I use a bit of contrast, a bit look, of saturation. I still I'm use the Paris filter. And I know you hate the Paris <laughs> filter, but it's just been embedded in my movements just to swipe the old thumb across yeah yeah look I like nothing it. against nothing against i <laughs> actually look i've changed my opinion a little bit okay now that all these things are i i'm seeing the real problems yeah right? i'm seeing the real problems of like what what it actually is and i think we have to pick our challenges and we have to pick our battles and go sort of like yeah look you want to like we wear makeup do you know what i mean there's going to be people that are against makeup using makeup oh, oh well, that's true. changing your body do you know what i mean it's like it, it's not a yes or a no it's a it's a sliding scale it's a spectrum it's like on on how much are we willing to go to like on one extreme it's like what we're going to be talking about it's completely altering the shape of your body it's changing your face it's it's performance enhancing drugs outside of bodybuilding it's all of those things on one like extreme end but then on the other end, it's like completely natural, nothing at all. I don't want hair dye. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's sort of like, it's like, where do you sit? Where do you comfortably sit? It's not one or the other. It's where do you sit? And I think everyone has a different level because if you're on social media and you've been like, a lot of people probably aren't aware of this, but there's one guy in particular, you can look him up. His name's Goob. Um, <laughs> and he calls out, he'll yeah, great, shout him out. Um, and he calls out a lot of people that are editing their physique and he zooms in and he shows that, you know, where the mirror's warped or the brick's warped or whatever it might be. And sometimes these are high-level physique competitors that are absolutely shredded on stage, which I just feel incredibly sad for because I'm like, you're in the best condition of your life and you still don't feel good enough. And then you editing your physique to go from visually 6% body fat to 5 you know, what does that actually show your own self-esteem? But then what does that show others? You know, that you, you can't, you're not worthy of showing up like anything above 5% body fat. And yeah, I just think it's, it's incredibly sad and it's a bigger problem and it, it's, it highlights the, the expectations that go around on social media and just a big, bigger systemic problem uh, in the industry. But I just think it's important for people to be aware of just like what you see is just not what you get on social media anymore. Technology is so clever now where you yep. can actually create edits that, if you're smart, that do look so realistic. But not even. Like there's apps. You can just click it. Yeah. You don't even have to be smart anymore. It's not Photoshop. You're smart to to not post the bent lines in the background. <laughs> yeah. You have to still be smart to no, zoom in on the idiot. outside of your body and go, is the wall bent behind me? Yeah. Yes or no. Yeah. But 
it does, as you said, like where do you draw the line? And I think my biggest issue with all of this editing is when you're claiming that it is you yes. to other people. If you want to play around and edit and whatever for your own sake, just for fun, that's fine. Mm. But when you're posting it to try and sell a product, yes. when you're posting it to try and make yourself seem different to who you are, that's when I have a problem with it because then you're actually fooling other people to take their money. Mm. Like that's when it's a problem, mm. I think. Yeah, it's manipulation. Yeah. Right, you're actually manipulating. You know you're doing it. Like you, you're like, oh, yeah, I use Parasort, which like I said, it's just child's play these days. But you're not, you're not lying you know what I mean? You're not, and you're not being like. I'm not like, changing my use cheeks. My, and use my skincare products, and exactly. then, and then, like airbrushing your face. <laughs> exactly. So that's the bigger thing. It's like, what's the intention behind it? And you know, there was one recently that completely blew my mind, where she put up an image of her waist, where she'd edited it, selling a waist trainer. Oh. She had pinched her waist in. Listen, this gets really bad. <laughs> I just lost it cooked. watching this one. <laughs> she put up this first photo on her story of her selling her waist, well, put just her, the image where she had pinched her waist in. And then the next story where she put the discount code, she'd accidentally uploaded the original. Oh, how dumb can you be? <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> I just wanted to facepalm and be like, honey. <laughs> Not only have you like completely embarrassed yourself, but you just like this is a big fitness icon too. Oh, like, you're kidding! Yeah, it's not a, just some random. No, nah, no, nah, this is a big fitness one. icon. I'll show you after this. Show me after. This, this is a big fitness icon, and I actually really liked this this person too. And I was like, damn, like Maybe I know who you're you've about. you've like you've just your reputation gone in the click of a fingers <laughs> when your waist was already snatched. Like what is wrong with you? Because you're selling a waist trainer as well. Yeah. You know, so there's just, Ugh. there's a lot of like, yeah, there's people out there that they're good people. Do you know what I mean? There's, there's not, they're not bad people. They've just got the wrong intentions in mind. If you lie, you need to ride that lie oh, out you forever. Own it. You own it's it. It's exhausting. Mm -hmm. Like being, people worry about being themselves and that's a whole whole nother topic because you need to have confidence to be yourself, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's harder to lie because you have to maintain that lie 24 seven. And then everything you post, you have to like triple check to maintain the lie. Yeah. Yep. It blows my mind. It's exhausting. <laughs> it's exhausting. And there was another one that was so funny. They faked a squat PB, but oh. what they did was, <laughs> what they did was, um, posted uh, them squatting down and then reversed the video to make it look like, because they lowered the weight. Let's just say they and had 100 kilos on their back. They lowered it, cut the video, and then just replayed that when they came back up backwards. So it looked like they lifted it back up. But then, yeah, Goob as well. He's so funny. What, we, someone just like reversed. we got to be on backwards. his good side. Yeah, because then down the bottom, you can see the breathing and the bracing was backwards. <laughs> so it was actually just a reverse lowering of the weight. She didn't actually bring it up. It was just reversed. And it's like, <gasps> see, like to me, I just, I can't even fathom why someone would do that. Like this is beyond a Paris filter. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> this is beyond a Paris filter, but... Yeah, it's 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 becoming a bit of a problem, and the more that this becomes to unfold, the more I'm realizing how warped the fitness industry is, in particular, um, the fitness community. Like, not even just people like sharing their journey, but leaders in their space, role models, coaches, influencers with millions of followers. 
Like mm. that's where it's concerning. It's I I sort of feel like I'm like what's even real anymore? You know what I mean? Like what's even achievable? What's even reality? It, it makes you really question those things because, you know, we used to talk about lighting and angles and now that's just not even the thing. It's that's not lighting and angles. It's freaking AI. It's yeah. not even Photoshop. It's just the next app that's come out that does it for you. And it, it's sort of like it, it almost, I don't know, it could do something positive for fitness because it becomes that rare commodity that it, 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 it should be where it's like you you get in what you put out. You know what I mean? Whereas a lot of these people, they don't, except for the competitors, but they don't, they're don't. they just using it as a quick fix, right? And we know that it's actually not sustainable. Like one of the worst insults for me would be someone meeting me in life and be like, damn, you look different. Yeah. You know, that would be the, like I would be like, I'd be like, oh, I'd feel sick. Like I want people to meet me and be like, you're exactly what I thought you'd be. Like not even just physically, but just as a person. Yeah. And it goes beyond just like how you pose on Instagram. It's like how you show up and how you present yourself and how you speak. And like I think podcasting is one of the most exposing platforms that you can put yourself on because there's no script. It's just you've got to be you. And a lot of people don't have podcasts or do long-form content for that exact reason because they don't want to be put on a show like that. Yeah, I was talking because I was staying at mum's before here in Melbourne and um, she's like, how do you guys just talk for so long? Like, isn't it hard? I go, no, we literally just show up and it's like we're having a coffee together and we're Mm. just talking and being ourselves. Like, I find podcasting easier than if someone said, hey, you have to say this script for 30 seconds on a camera. Yeah. But again, it's just because we have worked so hard on being so comfortable within ourselves yeah. that we have created this brand based mm. off our true personalities with yes. our accents. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, just laugh at it. Yeah, I completely agree. And look, even um, like content creation in itself, like when I first started posting on social media, 100% I would pick myself apart and critique everything and, and, you know, have that perfectionism show up not only from the content but how I was presenting and looking as well. Whereas now, because I produce so much and I feel like I'm always in front of a camera and not only that, but I don't do my own edits half of the time. Someone else is actually editing for me so I don't get to pick the angles. Ah, Um, true. I will see it and I'll be like, you know, if I was editing myself, I probably would have cropped that or changed that or maybe filmed it in a different angle if I was recording it myself or whatever. But it's actually helped me let go of that. And be That's like, cool. you know what, like I, this is how people would see me if I was demonstrating a squat at the gym, like if I was working with a client in person or if someone just walked past and saw me. So if I can have the confidence and the self-esteem to show up exactly as I am, exactly as someone else thought I should be, you know, because someone else has presented this to me and said this is a really good piece of content – I'm always going to have that inner critic that's be, that's going to pick out and find things because we do that. We, we look in the mirror and we find the areas we don't like, not necessarily the ones that we like about ourselves. It's just a normal, innate thing that we do with a negative bias in our mind. So, yeah, I think it's okay to feel insecure and it's okay to feel uncomfortable. It's just what you do with that feedback you give to yourself. Like if I feel that I don't jump on and just airbrush out my cellulite or I don't go, nah, scrap that, I'm going to re-record it. I go, fuck it, post the content. Do you know what I mean? Because if I post it and I own my insecurities, no, like no one has power over giving that back to me. Like if someone's going to call that out and be like, "You've got cellulite," I'll be like, "Yeah, so what?" Like I know you I probably do it. too. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. who cares? Yeah. You know, that's what makes you relatable, and that's actually what gives you the power back. Because I'm like, if you can let go of insecurity, it's the thing, single thing that stops people from even showing up anywhere online, yeah. speaking, podcasting, posting more, doing things. It's insecurity. So if you can manage that your own internal state around your own beliefs and perceptions of yourself because 
really it's usually only you that sees it not really anyone else and if they do it's always some guy without a profile picture that just comments shade why um, <laughs> with like two followers literally <laughs> but yeah I think that's when you get the power back and it's like don't like just just flex a little bit of willpower around scratching that itch of making things perfect and airbrushing everything and changing the angle even if you want to like it's a great way just to practice letting go of that and being okay with it Perfectly said. And I mean, you need a minimum standard that we hold ourselves to. Mm. So our mediocre might have been our best 10 years ago, yes. you know, so it's all relative, but it's perfect because you can, when you look at people that we love watching, for example, whether it be in movies or um, on social media, they're not perfect, poised, you know, reserved. We love, we are drawn to people with a personality. They're a bit yep. quirky. They're different. They're themselves. Imperfections. So you can just sense the ones that are trying too hard and you can just feel that mm. awkwardness and that exhaustion of always trying to have every hair in place and make up and don't say the wrong thing and sit up straight. It's just awkward to watch and I feel like maybe too two years ago or three years ago, there was so much of it, but I really think it's gonna, or it is reversing. Mm. And we are drawn to people now who are looking a little bit different in a sense that they are looking like themselves. Yeah. Because for a while, people just morphed into the one look. Mm. And yes, I get Botox. Yes, I get fillers. Yes, I've had my boobs done, but I feel like I'm still me mm. and yeah, it's just interesting. I really feel like it's going to reverse again mm. to an extent. And Absolutely. we already see it with, yep. you know, body positivity and acceptance and all of that. But that high expectation I feel like is slowly being let go of. Yep. I mean, you still have the beauty industry and it's yep. all different. It depends on what industry you're in. But I'm really enjoying seeing people being more of them. Yep. Because that's what we're doing too. Yep. And I mean, like, it's the same. It, like, with trends, there's an evolution. It starts off as like a rare commodity where people are attracted to it because it's rare and it's hard to obtain or it's different or it's unique and more people flock to it and they replicate it and they want that trend. It's like, oh, I've got the new thing, blah, blah, blah. And then once a trend becomes popular and mainstream, it loses its coolness Yeah, because everyone's got it. So it's no longer a rare commodity. So therefore people don't want it. And you see that all the time. I mean, like remember when skinny was like the coolest thing ever yeah. and everyone wanted to be really skinny and then it sort of went strong and it'll go back. Do you know what I mean? It'll go back. I freaking hope not, but it will. Mm. Um, everything always repeats itself. History always repeats itself. And the same with fashion trends. Yeah. Right? I mean, like. Which I'd, I'm loving. I'm in my flared baggy <laughs> jeans now. I would have died 14-year-old Sherelle. Where's my skinnies at? So, you know, everything always repeats itself because of trend cycles. So it's, it's hard to not go into that with yourself. And, I mean, like even the BBL era. Right, like people are getting that reversed now and it's sort of like there's lots of movement and change just based on um, trends itself. Yeah, one thing that I think won't come back is all of the waist trainers and diet pills and fads. Not, you can't unlearn it though. No. I think if you've realised the bullshit in those things, yeah. you will not get sucked into them again, Yep, honestly. But what we're noticing now and, and moving on to the next, you know, um, all of those add-ons that people are just drawn to in a sense. Like if you don't know about it, you might get sucked in because of clever marketing mm. and all of that. But once you learn it, I really don't feel like it will come back. But 
there's a pill and I can't remember the name that the doctors are prescribing for weight loss now. Yes. Hasn't it got, to, it's got to do with diabetes or yeah. people who have diabetes. Yep. And even I've had some people reach out to me and say, yeah, like my doctor gave me this. I don't really want to take it. And even though there's resistance from the patients, mm. they're still being prescribed this mm. weight loss pill and it just blows my mind. Yep. hundred percent. When I used to work in emergency as a nurse, there's two situations that I'll forever remember because I was only 21, I think myself, I was only pretty young. The first one was there was this young girl who would have been, she would have been still in high school. She got admitted into the ED for like overdosing or overconsuming on um, like skinny teas. Uh, Oh, is that a thing? Yeah. So like the... Pretty much, I don't even know if they're still around. This is going back a while, but I don't want to name the brand, (laughs) but there's a lot of different brands where you take these teas and they basically just act as a diuretic um, as well as upsetting your stomach and making you have diarrhea. Laxatives. Yes, laxatives, correct. Mm. And basically, yeah, they they just send your stomach into mayhem and your guts in mayhem and she almost had to have a bowel perforation um or a bowel resection I should say she nearly had to have a bowel resection and lose part of her bowel because she'd taken so much of it and just been like consuming it she was very underweight and everything and I was like well that's an eating disorder yes and that's an eating Mm. disorder as well but it's it's like unfortunately she'd use these things that have long life lasting effects and then the other thing that you were speaking to is like a lot of people stealing their um, grandparents' diabetic medications, which is like so dangerous because it changes the way that your body utilises glucose. And yeah, you're right. Like, I mean, the epidemic that we're in at the moment with diet pills is is beyond just like herbs on a shelf now. It's sort of people have got access to the internet, performance enhancing drugs are becoming more common and more spoken about online. And yes, I understand people are trying to educate as well, but they're not educating on the realities, are they? They're educating on the benefits rather than like the the unfortunate side effects that you hear about. So yeah, it's just, this is why it's important because it's not just about aesthetics, like it's about your overall health and what you do like has long lasting effects. And it's like, if you had to have a bowel resection at 16 and you had a stoma for the rest of your life, like that's that's lifelong. And a lot of people do those things without being fully informed and fully educated. Because where is the education? Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously our podcast, but like- Obviously. If you can't get education from a GP or mm. uh, schools are different. I'm, I'm not going to rag on schools anymore because teachers are awesome these days. <laughs> yeah, they, um, do, they do a good job. They're, they're really implementing modern age health and wellness, which mm. is great, but like it's still quite hard to find. And yeah. if you get a gen pop person who just wants to change themselves, they're uneducated, they don't know where to get that education, so they go to their GP- the GP gives them the pill, mm. they're going to take it. They mm. go, oh, well, the doctor said it's good. It must be great. Yeah. And then they lose weight on it because that's what they do. They lose their appetite. But it's just it's just so wrong. Yeah. And I don't know if that will ever change. Yeah. I've, you know, I've also had like a couple of friends that have gone down that pathway where, mm. you know, and you just got to sit there and like listen and I would never judge anyone for the choices that I make around those things because everyone just makes the decision based on the information that they've got access to and their current level of knowledge. And as we know, when it comes to health, fitness and nutrition, it's not very high. Um, so everyone makes the best educated decision But you're right, when it's the health professionals that are saying, yes, do this, instead of 
you know, maybe asking them about what their exercise routine's like or their lifestyle's like or, you know, what their goals are, what realistically they want to actually get down to. Because some people have some pretty crazy, like, expectations of getting down to their 16-year-old weight. Um, Yeah, it just never ends well. And, you know, I've had a couple of conversations with friends that have gone down that pathway because it's something I've just never, ever even thought second about. You know what I mean? Ever of, like, oh, going to get a medication to lose weight, Right. But, yeah, when I've talked to friends and they would go in and they just say, yeah, like, it's so easy just to get it. It's just so easy. Um, And they might drop 5 to 10 kilos in a pretty short period of time. But by the time I see them next, they've just gained the weight back. And it's not sustainable. Like, the way it works just suppresses your appetite. So as soon as you stop taking the pill, your lifestyle doesn't change, your habits haven't changed, and you're just going to go back to exactly the same place where you were, except now you're going to feel guilty and also have shame associated with being a failure, which makes it ten times worse. So I just think it's such a big problem because, yeah, it's just from from a healthcare level we're being let down. From an education level, we're being let down. From a social media level, we're being let down. And just everyone is letting us down when it comes to just being healthy. Hey guys, if you're enjoying the episode, please share it with a friend or share it on your socials and don't forget to tag us. That's why I think people, which it's not well known, but if you want to change your nutrition and your body composition, and I'm not even talking about reaching out to a coach, go to a naturopath, go to a dietitian or a nutritionist. Yeah. Someone who's actually qualified to give you nutrition advice. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what's hard though is I understand about, you know, the cost of living and everything these days too and it's it's so hard to get access to good information because you don't know what you don't know. You don't know that you could listen to Level Up and change your life. Like you don't know um, where to go. You think your doctor would have all the right information that you need and the people that need this sort of stuff the most don't have access to it. And, you know, even in rural and remote places, like coming from someone that grew up, there is nothing there. There is nothing there that you can get access to. I don't even know if that, honestly, I don't even know if where I grew up has naturopaths. Um, I don't even know if they would have that service there. So, yeah, it's, it's a bigger level thing. And I think perspective is so important when it comes to these things as well, because for some people it's like, hey, just give up soft drink and stop smoking. Your life will drastically improve from doing that simple thing but that's not the way they think. They don't even know to think. And I've given, for example, I've had a couple of um, friends in the past that aren't just aren't into health and fitness where I've even passed on like Atomic Habits, James Clear's book, and they've just never heard of it. Yeah. To me, I'm like, Did oh. they read it? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> but you did your best <laughs> and did you gave bit. them the book. Um, but to me, I'm like, oh, it's the Bible. Like, that don't you know James, who James Clear is? Atomic Habits? Yes. But, you know, when, you, when you're actually, like, perspective so powerful, it's why I'm so grateful for my, my experience as a nurse because you see real problems and you're like, you see where people are really at um, of knowing where to go for information. But it, it starts from the bottom up, but bottom down, sorry. It starts from a bigger problem of, like, how we get there and there's only so much we can do, right? Like you said, I can give the book, but if, People want to do it or not, like that's their choice. Exactly. And I suppose everyone who listens to our work here and if you can just spread the message to one or two people and then hopefully yep. it's just word of mouth. And yes. If you find a great healthcare professional, then mm. just refer them lots of people. And yep. I think that's the only way for now, to be honest. But yeah. if people don't want to help themselves, then we we just have to be an influence to ourselves, and maybe they'll 
want to change just by looking at how we're changing our life but mm. I've had to learn and I'm sure you have as well you can't just force people to change maybe yeah. they don't want to maybe yeah. they like being unhealthy because it means that they can be social go down to the pub have some drinks smoke and that makes them happy like yeah. not everyone actually wants optimal health and wellness which blows my mind but I know I know and it's hard for us to fathom that because I'm like oh why wouldn't you want that why wouldn't you want that but I just understand that that's just such a strong belief that we've got such a strong bias because there's people that like fishing and I just couldn't think of anything worse than spending my day on a fishing boat you know but and the same with like I remember having this with Luke like you know video games I just can't fathom it but I also understand that that's that's just it's the same as partying right like that used to be my scene but now I just couldn't imagine it and I guess your values shift and change which changes your interest over time yeah exactly right should we move on should oh bodybuilding industry we sort of touched on this earlier but yeah I mean it's definitely changed a lot over the last I don't know maybe three years it's really shifted I think um COVID changed it for a lot of people you know perspective what's important why you're doing it um when the stage isn't there why are you still doing it like all of those things really changed people's perspective but it's also one of those things that you can see it when you're in it but it looks different when you're on the outside too, right? Like the perception of how people see bodybuilding and body, um, body, bodybuilders is so different to like what it actually is. But I just think as a whole, the industry shifted and it's just changed so much. I don't know whether you've noticed that. Social media. Yeah. That's the only thing, big variable that I can pinpoint the shift to because mm. people are doing it for – Validation. Validation. Yes, careers, which is great because we used it to enhance our image at the start and grow yeah. our profiles. But, like, even when I sp- speak to my dad about it still because he was a bodybuilder. Oh, he was. Dad, yeah, yeah, he was really good actually. Um, and he goes, we didn't have any of these phones. We would just get in there and train. And he still reckons that if he had social media back then, he'd have a million followers now because <laughs> he was that good. I'm like, sure, Dad. John, John O. <laughs> But he goes, you literally just go (laughs) in, head down, catch up with your small circle of mates in there. You might even train in the garage and then that's it. Do your shows. You didn't have to prove yourself to like, obviously there's still a small community that people like that validation from and to prove themselves. But now it's on a mass scale Mm. and there was no photo editing back then. It was like, you know, really old school filmed photos, even if you took any, you might not have. Um, or you might have an appearance in a in a newspaper, a small article, because yeah. it was sort of so outside the box back then to be a bodybuilder in the 80s, whereas yeah. now people are just thinking that if they embark on this journey that they get credibility, they can make money off people, they get validated, all their life problems are solved. Mm. But what it actually does is, and you mentioned, you know, taking your power back, you put yourself in a position where you give your power to everyone. All those judgmental eyes that you notice because you're on social media posting about your journey, like people's mental health is declining. A lot of people's mental health is declining. I mean, we loved our bodybuilding journey. We did it in such a healthy way at the right time. But I feel like now if people are trying to stand out, you have to go above and beyond Mm. because we did it so long ago and it's as if the new people are almost left behind so it's like mm. cool you enter the the industry same shit 
It's mm. the same shit that everyone else is doing. So people just still want to stand out. They have to do something wild. Mm. Absolutely crazy in order to stand out and it might not even be in a good way. So yep. the boat's gone, I think. When you say that they have to do it differently, what do you feel like needs to be done differently? I just feel like people are really selling their souls. Yeah. How do you notice that? Oh, and I suppose this is my lens and my values and I know everyone's just out there but in order to stand out you really and this is in every sport you got to play the game you need connections you need to be the one front and center about who you know who you know and look that's in everything in life yep. and that's great but I just see a lot of people who are hurting but putting their values aside in order to play the game in a mm. way that just does not sit right with me. It might sit, sit right with them, but I feel like when you're an observer, you can notice it in other people. Whereas if you're stuck in that game, yep. it's very hard to see what you're doing. Yeah. Yep. That's what I meant by when you're on the outside, you just see mm. it differently. You're looking in rather than outwards. Um, it's hard to see when you're in anything, yeah. to be honest, because you're so – you've got rose-coloured glasses for everything. You think everything's amazing. Yeah. But when you're on the outside and you've got no – emotional attachment like there's no consequence there's no bias there's no swing you either way it's not good nor bad it's neutral you actually can see it more objectively for what it is like you, you can put your objective lens on and be rational about like hmm I wonder if this and you can get curious and ask yourself questions that you just wouldn't have otherwise because the the, the most difficult beliefs to break are the ones that we believe in right so when we have a belief it's we can't see it we're not questioning it and someone else questions it and all of a sudden they're attacking us right that's how yeah. we feel we're like oh they're judging me but it's not they're just asking a question that you probably are uncomfortable answering so yes i completely agree i think that with the changes to the bodybuilding industry the lowering of the standards um through introducing different categories different federations making it more accepting and more accessible it's, it's done that. It's made everyone be able to become that person. And the social validation, like, it's addictive. We like it as humans. Absolutely. Like, social status is what makes the world go round, right? Because people are attracted to a leader that is leading people, that has influence, that is making change or appearing to. Um, and we're attracted to that, right? Like, it's why, it's why directness and assertiveness comes across so compelling to people because we want to be led by a confident leader. So people love that influence part and the validation sort of fuels into that. But that's not bodybuilding. That shouldn't be a part of bodybuilding. Bodybuilding is like a sport or it's a hobby or it's an interest or it's a way of training. It's it, like we're talking about two separate things. And you're right, social media has connected the two. It's made bodybuilding actually from this whereas probably when you're especially for females like when your dad was going through his competing career wouldn't have been the cool thing to do like no. heck when we started it wasn't the cool thing to do mm. it was sort of like still a bit nah. whereas now people are seeing it as a stepping stone to starting their fitness career <laughs> and I just don't know about that I just don't know if that's the right decision I know we did but I can hand on my heart say that I never got into competing for a career because I was in a completely different one at the time. It yep. was a hobby that I had. It was not a decision I made for business because I would have never been able to put in the work or the energy or the, the time or the commitment to be a top athlete if I wanted to be a coach. Because you just, honestly, you can't be a top athlete and a top coach at the same time. No. They're sort of conflicting. You're an athlete or you're a coach. 
and you excel at one and the other one's an accessory. Yep. And you know, when I'm choosing coaches, I choose coaches, yep. not athletes for that reason. Definitely, because when you're four weeks out, you're so tired. Yeah, you're hungry. You're hungry, you know, you're spending all your time in the gym, training. Um, the last thing you're doing is working. Mm. Or if you are working, it's not going to be great quality work yep. that you're putting out. But I really think, and I'm aware that we have our personal biases. And when I was, when we both started competing, we were a lot younger. Yeah. Things were more innocent, I feel, well, in my lens. I know there's all kind of stuff on the internet back then too, but my lens was not on that. Like I was just focused on our little group of people and meeting people and mm. we still we still took photos of ourselves that were provocative. Mm. I get it. But I just feel like it wasn't at the level of sexualization. Well, OnlyFans wasn't a thing. The OnlyFans wasn't <laughs> a thing. And even if it was, like... Look, I can appreciate someone who looks good and they put themselves out there and they take photos like that. Like, I'm not going to be a prude and say, oh, don't show yourself like that on social media. Mm. But for some reason, they are just so intertwined, bodybuilding and sexualization. Mm. It's like there's no flexing. They're not, I'm not looking at your physique right now as an athlete. I'm staring right up your ass yeah. in some of the photos and it's like cool, but the industry should be separate. The porn yeah. industry, fine. It's a massive multi-million dollar industry. I yep. get it. But why do people think that they have to put out soft porn pictures to be a good bodybuilder? Yep. That's, that's what's... Well, why do you think... Because it gets more attention. But that's not the sport. No, it's like but that being is a good elements. tennis player. But it's like being a good tennis player, but you have to post half-naked photos of yeah. yourself. That's not going to make you better at tennis. But that that's that's why we're saying the industry's fucked up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> because yes. it's not. It's I used to like preach that bodybuilding was a sport, but it's actually slapped me in the face that it's got nothing to do with performance anymore. Slapped me in the face because I was ignorant to it. Yeah. I was like, if I have the best body on stage, I'll win. Like I was like, I'll freaking win because I'll do the work. And then it was, you know, I, I probably a couple of years in realised I'm like, oh, I had the best body on that stage. I didn't win. Yeah. Hmm, what's marketability? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it think that it's changed and that's what's changed. It's sort of like there's more layers and, look, that's, that's fine. Like you said, people play the game. That's what you want to do. That's what you want to do. But uh, it's all about making informed decisions and it's all about like making sure that people are just aware of what that looks like. And you're so right. Sex appeal sells. It sells in every industry. It sells, like you said, multi-billion dollar like industries from sex appeal. And like that's fine as well. Like we've got no problem against that. We're just saying that it's 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 mixing fitness. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's really moving away from that. And I'm all about empowering women and educating women and building confidence and self-esteem. But it might look like self-esteem from the outside. It couldn't be more opposite for some people. Not everyone, but for some people it's like I, I feel bad for them. I hurt for them that that's what they feel like they have to do. Yeah. Just if you're uncomfortable, don't do it. Yeah. Like, don't feel like you have to sell your soul yeah. to get approval from people that you're not going to care about in two years. Yeah, That's all I'm saying, yeah. just in any industry. And yeah. easier said than done. And, yeah, just if it, give yourself the space mm. to recognise 
and ask yourself, how do I feel about this situation? Am I starting to lose my values yeah. and doing things that I don't like? It's going against my morals. Going yeah. against my morals. Just ask yourself the question. And if it's not and you're feeling fabulous and yeah. you want to take that sexy it. shot, take it, post it, enjoy it, love it. Yeah. But if you don't enjoy how you feel, don't do yeah. it. You don't yeah. need to. Absolutely. And, you know, I know we've spoken about this in the past, um, especially for coaches, but you don't have to be shredded and get on stage and be a pro to be a coach. Like, unless you want to be a comp prep coach, like you've got to walk the walk, of course, if you want to be a comp prep coach. But the majority of people in our little niche and industry, they don't. They actually don't want that. They don't want to coach people like that because they know how freaking hard it is. Um, so it's not something you have to do. And I just feel like, you really don't like you don't have to pave your own path you know like go down your own avenue you don't have to do what everyone else does and yep. even building off what we're talking about with trends it's actually probably more um more favorable for you to do the opposite and to like really just put in the time and energy that you know you're going to get out because a lot of people put in time and energy into stuff that's not actually going to get the outcome that you want right like competing won't make your business better might get you more likes on instagram but that's not correlated so it's just about understanding like why you're doing certain things and it's also okay if your morals and values change like ours did you yeah. know like ours have changed and we we loved that stage of our life and what we did and everything but you know, when we grow and things change and our interests change and our hobbies change and our direction changes, like everything else changes as a ripple effect. And sometimes there's resistance around that. It's like it takes a while to figure it out. Like you're a little bit confused. You're like one thing you say this and then the next day you're like, oh, I'm doing this though. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. It's just about understanding that the industry itself, like bodybuilding so small, it's so niched. It should be looked at as a sport, but it's sort of a bit blurry at the moment. So just be mindful when you're looking in that little space. Yeah. We're not here to put every single person off bodybuilding. Absolutely not. That was the best time of our lives yeah. for, at that stage. So yeah. It's more just like it's become too common. People are doing it who shouldn't be doing it. Yep. So if you're one of those people who shouldn't be doing it, don't feel like you have to. If you love bodybuilding and you're really good at it and you're competitive and, you know, you, you're going to get all the things that you want out of it, do it. Mm. But it's just like more people are doing it for the wrong reasons. Yes. That's what we're trying to say. Yes. A lot of people do it for the wrong reasons rather than the right reasons. Yeah. Summed it up in one line. <laughs> Yeah. Um, the other thing that we wanted to shed some light on that is a little bit um, hit and miss in the fitness industry is just scams and incompetent coaches. And I say that because it sounds a bit harsh, incompetent coaches, but we're going to unpack what that actually means because, you know, anyone can put coach in their bio now and become a coach. And there is no certification, there's no qualification to make you a good coach either, right? Like there's nothing you have to do um, in order to be able to have that title, right? It's very different. And someone asked me the other day, because I refer to myself as a coach rather than just a personal trainer. Um, personal training to me is different to coaching. Uh, and someone asked me what the difference was. And I was like, that's a really good question because to us, we say coach, but a lot of people probably don't know what that actually means unless they've had coaching in the past or they're in the industry. Like from the outside, people are like, well, do I need a personal trainer? Do I need like a strength and conditioning coach? Do I need an online coach? Like what's the difference? And there is a big difference, right? But when there's no clear line of what's what, it allows this gray area for other types of coaching, other styles of coaching um, to come into play. And there's a lot of incredible coaches out there. There's a lot of incredible services that we have access to now online. Like if you want a coach for almost anything, I'm sure you can find it. But mm. there is a clear difference. And like I said, because there's that gray area, 
you just have to be more cautious, I guess, when you're going into looking for a coach. Yeah, I suppose there's two reasons that I can think of why people are getting confused on who to turn to. One is because, as you said, you can literally change your name to anything yep. when you're not qualified. All you have to do is change your Instagram, log on to your account, press edit and write something in the box, you know, and that's how you become what you are. But then I think a more positive way is people are learning skills that are outside of their initial studies. So yep. you might receive a degree in something or a certification in something, but then they are realising that the learning doesn't stop there. So they're mm. expanding. So then they no longer yep. identify just with that initial achievement. They're kind of creating a title that encompasses everything that they are. Um, yeah, so one's the polar opposite of the other. But then... In a sense, like I think of a coach as someone that gets you from A to B, like mm -hmm. Cinderella in the pumpkin. That's a coach. Yes! Like it's taking her to the ball. Saw the pumpkin. That's how I remember for some oh, weird I reason what's in my brain. A coach is a vehicle that you get. It's a vehicle. In. <laughs> you know, that takes you from A to B. <sighs> Mind blown. Yeah. Yes. And a personal trainer is someone who's there personally training you. <laughs> like, but there are coaches in everything, but I think there's a big problem in a sense that people are just claiming to be and I love the confidence because here we're, we're here to teach people to be we're here to teach people to be confident but if you're 18 you can't be my life coach what are you gonna help me with man you know what I mean yeah 100% 100% oh I love the confidence though but it's dangerous territory it is really dangerous territory you are so right one of the best things about coaches is they expose you to beliefs you didn't know that you had, right? They say, actually, that's probably not correct. This is a different way. Have you considered this? And they coach you in that way. Cute. The nice. other thing that they do is they collapse time. Like you said, it took us a decade to get here. I, it frustrates me how quickly I can get a client from A to B because I'm like, oh, you have no idea how long it took me to figure that out. And you're True. like, oh, that was great, right? Like I'm like, you guys are so lucky, so lucky. They know um, it. <laughs> so, yeah, they, they collapse time um, for you and they have ultimately learnt the lessons, the hard lessons, and they're passing them on to you so you don't have to learn them, right? Like, yeah. Sometimes we have to learn things the hard way, but not necessarily. Someone's figured it out. Like someone has almost always figured out every single problem that you've got. You just don't know the right person to go to, yeah. right? And that's the hard part about a coach is like you've got to find though that person and be able to put your faith and trust in them. Because at the end of the day, we always invest in one of two ways, financially or time. You have to pick and put forward the commodity that you value the least. So when people say, oh, something's too expensive or whatever, they value their time or sorry, they value their money over their time. So they're like, oh, no, I'd rather just spend the time to figure it out. And that's yeah. okay. Right. And the opposite's true as well. I 100% value my time sort of more than money reasonably. So usually I'm happy to invest in things, but not everyone is. And that's also okay too. So when it comes to coaching, there is a lot of scammy coaches out there. A hell of a lot. Like I get emails all of the time and DMs and messages of people that want to coach me on stuff that I'm like, do you even know me? Like <laughs> you're, you're telling me, like, I don't, I, don't, I don't even know. Like you can tell that they don't know who you are. It's just a cold outreach that they've just said something about whether you need help with this. Yeah. And they're everywhere. And I couldn't imagine that if I didn't have context that it could look like someone's actually trying to help and reach out, etc. But there's just a lot of scams. And fitness is one thing. I think we've touched on that with the challenges, but 
business coaching, mindset coaching, life coaching, relationship coaching. Like, are you kidding me? All these things, like I get it, but we there's so much scam going in there. And I feel bad for the ones that are actually doing a good job because there's a lot of really good, you know, incredible coaches out there in every industry, in every area. There's good and bad in everything. But I just feel like there's a big percentage of that area, those areas there that are getting let down by everyone else that's scamming them around them. Yes. And I think what people really need to look for, you mentioned business, relationship, all these types of coaches. If you're looking for someone to help you with those areas, take your time Mm. to stalk the crap out of that person, Google them. If If you're reaching out for their business, Google their business. What are they doing? What's their revenue? Because a real business coach won't have their revenue in their bio. They're not going to prove to you how much they're worth because they're too busy not needing the validation because they've done a great job in their business. So if I were to get a business coach, I would actually get someone who has a business Mm. and now they've gotten their business to a point where they don't need to work in it and on it so much. It's kind of running itself in a way, but they're now the next phase for them is to help other business owners. That's who I would reach out to. So just be mindful. And personally, I think it's easy to find a scamming person, but I don't know, when you're desperate, when you're new to things and people tell you what you want to hear, you get sucked in. Mm. But do your research on the person, not on their marketing. Mm. They might be really good at sending out emails that get you on an emotional journey, but look into what they actually do, Mm -hmm. you know, and when it comes to relationship coaching and life coaching, I mean, you need, you need some level of qualification to Mm. do with psychology. Yes. So there are a lot of people playing with people's emotions and psychological and, and mental health where they just don't have the experience because once you open that can of worms, mm. it can be very de- detrimental. Yep. And sometimes people don't need to explore their deepest, darkest things that they're suppressing in their life. Like it's called being allowed to move on mm-hmm. as well. So for the coaches that sort of, yeah, I don't know, again, it's confidence and passion and people do want to help other people, but you need to tread carefully when it comes to the mindset stuff. There's a reason why a psychology degree is like eight years. Yep. Honestly, you can't just do a course and then and then just dive into people's mind and subconscious. It's I just can't, man. Yeah, I completely Dangerous. agree. One of my biggest icks in the fitness industry is fitness coaches turning mindset life coaches. <laughs> yeah. Like I I it it it, it, like you said, when you've got an understanding and I feel like I have the authority with a healthcare background to actually say, if you're going to open up Pandora's box, you better know what to do with the information. Yes. You know, like there's been, and I was actually like, I remember when I was working as a midwife, you would go through people's histories and you'd be like, wow, some people have had really hard lives. And I just couldn't imagine making this person do shadow work, you know, or asking them about their traumas or like, their energy leaks or their feminine energy. Like I wouldn't, I couldn't imagine just like getting someone to talk about these things over a Zoom meeting with me um, in an unsafe container or space. So I just think it's more along the lines of like, we just have to be so careful because you're dealing with people's mental health and it's so serious. It's just as serious as, as physical health, right? Like your mental health is so important 
And like you said, there's a reason why a psychology degree is like eight years. It's because it takes a very long time to not only become self-aware yourself, um, but then also to be able to teach that to other people and allow them to process things in a really healthy manner. And it's not a space for someone to just do a certification over a weekend and be <laughs> able to just coach people on how to live their life. I don't know. Like I know it's – I understand the intent and I also think a lot of it's ignorance, to be honest. Like people don't have that layer, that perspective, that understanding. Um, and sometimes they think that they're helping and the intent might be there. But a lot of the times – I worry for them. And you've got to protect your own energy too. Psychologists have their own psychologists because imagine all day hearing about people's issues that you're, you're helping them through. Like uh. it's, you're still a human at the end of the yeah. day. It's a lot to wear. So be be mindful when you do, if you do want to embark on that journey because it's a lot for you to wear as well. Mm. But like I remember when I started um, working in a gym, I would say, you know, I do – I do your programming, I do nutrition and I do mindset. But I just meant the word mindset as, you know, small habit building. Yeah, mindset you know, has layers. Go for a walk in the sun. I don't know. Self-care. I didn't self-care coach almost. But mm. like the word mindset back then just meant little things like yeah. that, like giving your friends atomic habits and just light, yeah. light things that were safe. But now – it gets deep. So the word mindset coach, I don't know. It's like how deep can people take it? And mm. obviously really deep when they when they don't even know what they're doing. So yeah. that's the difference because it's all good to say that you're a mindset coach and be quite surface level. But like just be mindful. What do they actually mean by mindset? Absolutely. Yeah. Confidence comes in like a inverted U, right? Like a, like a smiley face. At the start when you've got like no knowledge and you're really ignorant and everything's great, you've got inflated sense or you have an inflated sense of confidence and self-esteem. You're like, I know everything, macros, protein, carbs, fats, do that, right? Like you've got an inflated sense of confidence. And then as you become more educated, you're like, oh, my God, I know nothing. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the more the more you know the less you know right like you lose your confidence and then right the experts are sort of come come back up mm. they're, they're like no this is my specialty I've spent you know a decade studying research on this and they've got that confidence back and then there's that sort of like bit in between where you know what you don't know um but you don't have the confidence to then direct people and I feel like that's that's okay to sit in there like 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 you said I think Mindset is a normal part of most coaching in general, but it's it's surface level, it's light, it's habits, it's self-care, it's routine, it's structure, um, it's direction, it's curiosity. It's not directing or telling people what to do or digging, digging, digging um, and asking to unpack certain things. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's important or we think it's important to just – you've got to take ownership too because mm. here we are, we can talk about people editing their photos – you know, scamming people through their marketing and quick fixes, um, doing things that they're not qualified for. But we as a consumer need to take ownership too mm -hmm. because it's easy to blame someone else. But then, yes, these people might never change, but it doesn't mean that you have to engage in them. Yeah. Take time. And I know you might feel desperate to reach your goal. You might be wanting to move away from a shit time in your life, but like, Slow down, give yourself the space, do your research, at Absolutely. least the best to your ability anyway. Yep. And if you don't know where to look, just ask questions. You can yep. never ask too many questions. And 
do your research on the person that you're about to engage. There's social media, there's Google, Mm -hmm. look them up on YouTube, like find out are they actually practicing what they preach? Mm -hmm. The clues are there. Yep, absolutely. Success leaves clues. One thing I like to remind myself is that everything's my fault. Like if I get get scammed, it's my fault, I picked them. If I get a bad coach, it's my fault, I picked them. If I end up in, uh, I guess, a situation that I don't want to be in, I probably didn't flag it soon enough. Probably didn't communicate. It's my fault, right? And whoever holds the ownership holds the power. So like when you can hold that like ownership and be like, damn, I probably should have picked up on this red flag or I should have done my research or I should have just noticed that sooner or I should have spoken up when I knew it wasn't right the first time. You know, when we when we take action and we take ownership, we, we reclaim the power, but so many people are so quick to pass the ownership and therefore they pass the power and they go, that was your bad. Mm. And then all of a sudden they get the power and you're powerless over there. So I like to remind myself that everything's my fault, the good and the bad, right? Like I take my wins, but then I take my losses too. And that just gives me that power to make sure that, you know, if we run into anything that we've been speaking about today, I'm like, I should have probably gotten more curious. I should have asked more questions and that's okay. You know, it's a lesson learned. You got to be kind to yourself with that mindset. Cause I'm like you in a sense, you just take ownership and then it's easier in mm. a sense, but like, don't beat yourself up over it. Yes, take ownership and like do something in with a it. good way. Yep. And yes, you you make mistakes, and I've made mistakes bloody so many times. I make them all the time. But like, if you just literally take the ownership, as you said, yes, you're still gonna probably feel bad for a while. But then you just get over it and go, ah, yeah. oh, well, hopefully I won't make that mistake again. Or now yep. I know what questions to ask. Like, yep. you might lose money or whatever. But it's like, okay, well. It is what it is. I'm here now. That won't happen again because I know what to look for. They're a shit person. I fell for it. (laughs) And then you just move on. Yep. It's like that bad boyfriend in year nine. You're like, shouldn't have done it. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't have any boyfriends in year nine. I was a nerd. (laughs) All right. Well, we live and learn, right? Never (laughs) fool me once, shame on them. Fool me twice, shame on me. Um, Hindsight's a great thing. But yes, even, you know, for today, we really just wanted to bring some light on some areas that honestly, they're just a bit cringy and they need to be spoken about and they need to be made aware of. And, you know, a lot of this stuff, common sense isn't common um, with a lot of things because it's just not. It's like no one speaks about it. It's like this this big taboo thing. And especially in specific niches and industries, it's like everyone on the inside knows and no one on the outside does, especially with fitness. It's like everyone on the inside knows all this stuff and these things don't work. But like the people that's actually affecting on the outside – the people on the inside don't want to say it because they don't yeah. want to like, you know, be bad or go against Pete, their friends or whatever it might be. But mm-hmm. we were sort of like, you know what? I feel like the conversation <laughs> needs to be had. <laughs> Definitely. So yep. keep your BS radar on. But then if you find good people and good processes, keep them really close because they're not easy to find. Yep. If you're enjoying the podcast, please leave us a five-star review and hit follow so you can stay up to date with our weekly podcast.